wasn't he? Did you, did you ever think you ever, um, you ever, ever did anything in your whole life where God didn't know about it? Sorry about that. He knows. Now, just that, it's enough. If he still lets you live, would you say uh, he, he's got to be a wonderful God? Amen. You know, it's just so true. God is so wonderful. And I want to I want to focus in on a word. So would you turn with me, first of all, uh, to Psalm 106, Psalm 106. And uh, he in the Bible, he he makes reference to this word. And I'd like to focus on that word tonight. Sometimes if you uh, go to church a lot, what you're going to do is you're going to have so many messages, you can't remember them all. Now, how many understand you don't have time to listen to every message you ever, ever heard over and over until you memorize it, right? So what happens is God gives you a little tidbit here and a little bit there and a little bit here, a little bit there. So if you stay in church, if your mind is like me, I can't remember everything God ever said. I, there, there was a day when I was in Bible college, I had seven messages every week, sometimes more than that. And boy, I'll tell you, you just can't remember it all. But what happens is, if you stay in church, God, God changes you. He, he gives you um, this incredible way that you begin to grow spiritually. So even then, you can't remember everything. So real quick, what did I preach on this morning? That's okay, I forget too. <laughs> no. Uh, what's that? John the Baptist, that's right. Hey, my own daughter listened. Well, that's not it. I'm giving you time to think about it. Oh, and I know everybody took notes. The mark of the beast, there you go, right, okay. Amen. Now, you and I don't have the ability to remember everything. So at some point in time, God's got to give you a word here or a phrase there. And it's just we're all in the same boat. What you got to do is pile it up and do a little studying and read a little bit on your own and get a thought, a question and, and go, get to the bottom of it and learn and study the scriptures for in them ye think ye have life. And they are they which testify of me, Jesus said. The, search the scriptures and, and look for things in the Bible. Get those answers that you need. Now tonight, I want to show you something. I think it's, uh, it, it, it could go on and on, but to boil this thought down tonight, I just want to give you something that I think that uh, everyone needs. Now, <clears throat> this word is found in verse number 44. <clears throat> Please go with me to chapter number 6, verse 44. What is the first verb, excuse me, first word of verse 44? Psalm 106, 44? Nevertheless. Isn't that a special word? That's, uh, that's akin to funness. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that word. <clears throat> Nevertheless. Uh, we might say, even so, or even anyway. This nevertheless is one of the sweetest words in the Bible. When God was uh, uh, just disgusted with Israel, they wouldn't listen to him. They were just stubborn people. They forget everything he said. He just, he would not, 
he, he wouldn't be able to count on them. There was just, they turned their back on him. He took this tiny little group of people in Egypt that were slaves. And then by the time they got uh, just to a huge nation, they, they had so many wonderful miracles that God did for them. And then they, and they turned their back on God. Did you know today Israel doesn't believe in Jesus as a nation? Did you know that? They don't believe in Jesus. As a, they, they've rejected him to this day. They missed him. Nevertheless. Now that's the word we're talking about tonight, right? Nevertheless. You might have had sin in your life. You might have ruined a marriage. You might have ruined a child. You might have ruined a relationship. You may have any numbers of things go wrong in your life. You may have ruined your health. You may have ruined somebody else's life. Oh, I was a stinker before I got saved. Oh, I was just so mean. You know, I treated my brother really bad before we got saved, before I got saved. I, I'm four years older than he was. I used to beat him up all the time and treat him like dirt. And when I got saved, I'm just so glad somebody noticed. Because my mom said, yeah, you and Scott are getting along good now. And she was happy that, that I wasn't treating him bad. So I treated him bad. Now, bad in those days is not as bad as you're thinking today. You know, I, I was just a bully. Everybody know what a bully is? I was a bully in the 60s and the 70s. That's not as bad as a bully today. Amen? So don't think I was too bad. Anyway, nevertheless, nevertheless... God saved me. Nevertheless. And aren't you glad the Lord would look at you and say, well, I know, I know, but nevertheless, I love you. Right? Isn't it great? That's how parents are to their kids. Oh, not again. Really? Well, nevertheless, Merry Christmas. <laughs> nevertheless, it's your birthday. Nevertheless, I love you. Now, kids, don't, don't look at me and say, oh, yeah, is that how you really feel? No, that's how every parent feels, amen. By the way, that's how you're, you're going to feel when you have kids, right? God looks at us and he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm going to bless you anyway. Look at this word, verse, number 44, Psalm 106. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. If you cry out to God, if you have a relationship with Him, if you love Him, the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. The compassions, they fail not. Uh, His mercy is brand new every day. Every day when you wake up, every day is a brand new day. Oh, maybe you made a mistake the other day, but nevertheless, uh, there's tomorrow morning, amen? And nevertheless, there's just today, now, don't, don't use that as an excuse to be a rascal. Don't, don't, don't say, well, God's grace is great, so I can just be a, a, a little stinker anytime I want. No, you can't. At, at some point, God will have to judge you, but nevertheless, after that, you know, no matter what, God keeps saying, nevertheless, nevertheless. Ne-. And, you know, he, how many understand a good parent will discipline their children at times? Nevertheless. Nevertheless, they love you anyway. I, how many ever heard of what's called restriction? 
Do they do parents use that anymore? Is that foreign? Please, parents, tell me you know what restriction is. If not, I want to teach you how to get a control. Uh, uh, restriction is something that we used to have to go through when we did something wrong. And my dad or my mom would say, you're not leaving your bedroom for three days. You're going to eat there and you're going to stay in that room. And, and it was always in summer, you know, because we didn't have to go to school in summer. But that was, you're not going to go play basketball. You're not going to go play baseball. You're not going to the woods. You're not going to the lake. You're going to sit right there until you realize that what you did was, oh, man, I hated restriction. Anybody know what that is now? I was on restriction a lot. Man. And I remember one time, I, I don't even know what I did. I was on restriction for, oh, man, it must have been three or four days. Uh, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I got off restriction. Yeah, and, you know, nevertheless. Now, I want you to see how God works this because uh, I believe God reacts really more to the behavior of a Christian uh, or his own children. I believe he reacts to our behavior more than he does to unsaved people. Now, Everybody that's unsaved, God has a judgment for them, and he wants them to be saved, right? But you and I, our behavior as Christians is much more important to God than the unsaved world. God expects bad behavior out of the unsaved world. He, he doesn't know them, as we said this morning. Jesus said, Behold, I never knew you. Uh, but God does know us. We know him. So as his children, he demands more out of us. He he, he wants better behavior from his, his family members. Would you agree to that? So uh, the behavior of a Christian is much more important to God because we are his children. And uh, so as, as Israel is his chosen people and he brings them through Egypt and brings them through the Red Sea, brings them through the 40 years in the wilderness, it, 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 it really was so uh, touching to God as all those great things were done to his people, and yet they, they, uh, they, they treated him rotten. Oh, it's, it's, it's really hard to, to realize what, what they did. So he treats us as a family, and our behavior is much more important to him than before we were saved. Did you know that you can't work your way to heaven? Is that right? There's nothing you can do to earn your salvation. So these, these, these works that we did, they mean nothing to God. But after you got saved, now your work means everything to God. Even a glass of water in the name of Jesus is very important to God because we belong to him. We are his children. Uh, it says in, in Hebrews, God is not unrighteous, unrighteous to forget your labor and work of love that you've showed toward the saints and do minister you know, our relationship between each other as Christians is so valuable. He, he tells us that let fervent charity uh, be among you. Fervent charity, burning hot with, with love and devotion and charity toward each other as Christian brothers and sisters. We're supposed to treat each other uh, really, really special. By the way, especially the household of faith. If you're a Christian, I, I owe you special treatment as a brother in Christ. I owe you, I owe you a brotherly uh, uh, contact. I, I, I owe you uh, 
just a, a, a good attitude. I, I owe you because you're in God's family. You see, how many understand your family is more important than any other person in the world? Is that right? Think about it now. I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not far off the mark at all. How many would say if, if your children need something, you'll probably take care of that before uh, Black Lives Matter group out in the street, right? Ah, you know, or somebody comes up and says, uh, you know, hey, uh, give, give me your wallet. No, that, but your children are different. They're, they're people that you care about. Now, if somebody knocks on your door, I've had this happen. I had somebody knock on my door and he said, I'm a Christian. And uh, pastors in this town, they don't take care of people. And I thought, what is happening? How did this guy get into my house? And he started chewing me out because I didn't give him any money. Now, look, I, when I, how many say it's okay to give money when you want to? But nobody's going to come to my house and demand money out of me because I'm a pastor. Right? Is that, is that okay? Is it okay for me to feel like kind of like bulldozed a little bit I was bullied in my own living room by this fella and I said man I'm really sorry but we were going through a terrible financial crunch there at the Shaver home I didn't have any money to give him I said man I'm sorry I don't have any he said fine he got up and he stormed out of my living room I said what just happened to me what is going on and I've never seen him since he was all mad but you know what if my, if my children needed something, I'd give, I'd give it to them right away. Even if I had to scrape it up, find it, borrow it. I, you, God takes care of his family, doesn't he? You see, the unsaved world has no right to what you and I have a right to. We are in God's family. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. We are in God's family. Now, the thing that we're talking about tonight is that your behavior as a Christian is much more important now that you know God. Now that he saved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, our behavior means more to him now. And we're no more strangers. We're not, we're, we're no, we're not, we're not strangers to God anymore. We're in his family. He's adopted us. We belong to him. He belongs to us. Now, that's what I mean when the, when the Jewish people in the children of Israel, as they were going through this particular psalm, if you'll look with me, they did some horrible things. And <clears throat> I think God's more upset with Christians than he is with the unsaved world. Would you agree with that? <clears throat> in our bulletin today, if you'll take this, it says, if my people, my people, God's people, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Says nothing in there about lost people, does it? So guess what the secret to America and your home and your city, my city, guess what the real secret is tonight? It's Christian behavior. You know the the problem with the children of Israel was they did some very bad things. In verse number one of Psalm 106, we're going to take a real quick look now. He says, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. 
<clears throat> who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all, all his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy, of thy nation, that I may glory with thine inheritance. We have sinned with our fathers. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedly. Boy, David was putting himself in the whole group, wasn't he? Let's look at verse 7. Our fathers understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. So all this in verse, in, in, in chapter, or excuse me, Psalm 106, there's so many things that the children of Israel did that were so diabolical. They were so devilish. They were so unbelievingly bad and so wicked and so evil. And God, at one time, he was going to wipe them all out. Remember, uh, Moses had to plead, God, don't do this. And the, the, there's a dash in the Bible. And if you look it up, uh, Moses was asking God, don't destroy this people. If not, take me out of your book. Go ahead, take me out. Moses loved the children of Israel. But they were a, man, they were a cantankerous, stubborn bunch of people. They didn't get along with each other. They didn't get along with God. They turned their back on the day of battle. Every time God was trying to bless them with manna and, and beautiful miracles. And then they'd turn around and just forget him and act like he didn't exist. Oh my goodness, God was righteous and holy and pure. And he was, it was okay for him to get angry. It was awful. Okay, amen. Really now, uh, have you ever done a whole lot of things for somebody and they turn around and act like you never even existed? What an offense. By the way, <clears throat> let's be thankful to one another. Let's have a spirit of thankfulness. But they forgot God. In verse 7, if you look, it said, They understood not thy wonders in Egypt. They remembered not the, the multitude of thy mercies, but provoked him at the sea, even the Red Sea. You know what they said to God? You just brought us out here to kill us. We should have stayed in Egypt. At least we had onions and garlic back then. And they, boy, have you ever eaten onions and garlic? I mean, that should be a spice with other food, don't you think? It's like, yeah, I'll just have a couple of cloves of garlic for breakfast. Oh, man, they were happy. But they said, no, we, we, should, have, we should have stayed in Egypt. You just brought us out here to kill us. God, I don't know how God puts up with us, do you? I don't know how God puts up with us. Sometimes Christians do the most terrible things. Look at, look at verse 13. It says, they soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness unto their soul. Remember, where's our water? We demand we need water. God gave them water out of the rock. Moses smote the rock. Water gushed out. By the way, it wasn't a drinking fountain like in the back of the church. It was. How, how, do you, how much water do you think two million people need? I'm telling you, it was, it was a fountain. 
I mean, it was a big fat. When Moses smote that rock, water came out, and the Bible says honey came out too. Honey out of a rock. Uh, it must have been a wonderful fountain. Drink a little water, scoop up some honey. Man, God's pretty good, isn't he? And then they said, well, we don't, we're sick and tired of this. We want to go back to Egypt. Oh, man, God, God should have, uh, he would have been righteous to say, okay, I'm, I've had it. I've just had it. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he didn't destroy him, did he? Nevertheless, I love that word in the Bible. You've probably done something wrong before in your life. Nevertheless, God loves you and there's mercy. He gave them their heart's desire and sent leanness unto their soul. You know what else they did? Look at verse 16 with me. They envied Moses also in the camp and Aaron, the saint of the Lord. You know what they were envious of? God spoke to Moses and then said, Moses, I want you to go tell the, the heads of Israel what I said. And God just said, I, I'm going to speak to anybody I want to, but I'm going to talk to you through Moses. Now, I want you to see something. How many have ever been mad, upset, angry at a preacher? I'm glad nobody in our church has ever been upset. Thank you. Okay, well, I'll go on to the next point then because that didn't. That did. Hey, I've, I've been upset with a preacher before. I've been, I've been a little upset with a preacher before. I've had five of them. They didn't all. That, by the way, they weren't perfect. And I did, I got a little upset. And it happens. But these people, they were just mad at God. They just said, we don't want to, we don't, we don't, who's this Moses anyway? By the way, Moses was a wonderful man of God. He was the most meek man of God in all the earth. He was a tremendous gift by God to the people of Israel. And without Moses, I don't think they would have made it. He pleaded for them. He, he understood how bad they were. They, he knew that they were a stiff-necked and stubborn, rebellious people. And yet, nevertheless, Moses still loved them, didn't he? You know what we need in our Christian life? We need that word, nevertheless. I'm, it's hard for me to say nevertheless. It really is. I'm a man that likes judgment. I, I enjoy righteousness and justice and you know, when, when somebody does something really bad, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not happy they did it by any means. And, and I don't take joy in somebody's punishment. But how many understand, we got a nation that doesn't, doesn't uh, punish uh, criminals anymore. And it's going to backfire on us. We, we need justice. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible says, uh, He has shown thee, O man, what is good, what doth the Lord require of thee. To do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. So justice and mercy go together. But, you know, Moses, Moses was a man of meekness. And, and God was a man of justice. And somehow they, they got together and God listened to Moses. And the punishment wasn't that they got wiped out. The punishment was the, was the unbelievers would die in the wilderness. Is that right? And uh, so from 20 years on down, they got to live. And then the other people died and their carcasses in the wilderness. So God loves to uh, work with people. Nevertheless, 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 they, they tempted him. 
They lusted exceeding. Um, look at verse number 19 with me. These people, uh, they, they were really, really bad. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. You know where they got that, don't you? They got that from Egypt. There's lots of idolatry in Egypt, so they just made a calf. And they knelt down and worshipped it and prayed to the calf. And that, oh, that makes God very upset. Nevertheless, he didn't destroy them. Look at verse number 21. They forgot God. I hope we never forget God. They forgot, they forgot God, their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, terrible things by the Red Sea. And they forgot that. How could you forget walking through the Red Sea? Is that really what, I mean, can you forget that? Can you forget the whole sea opening up, walking on dry ground? Is it really possible that people forget that? No wonder God got upset. You do that big of a miracle and the people forget they did, that God did it? Oh, my goodness. God had every right to be so upset. I just, I just saved you from the red, in the Red Sea. Don't you remember? Yeah, I forgot all about that. Well, nevertheless, amen, nevertheless, he loved them anyway. Christian, nevertheless, whatever happens in your life, don't forget that word. You go ahead and get as mad as you want. You go ahead and just have a, have a fit. But nevertheless, you remember God wants us to love one another. He wants you. Hey, there's many things we could, we could just get upset with. You know, you know, um, I'll, I'll tell you, I got, I got a little illustration. Uh, there, there was a class I had to take one time. Brother Minetti might know, and uh, Mr. Minetti, you might know this name. Uh, his name is Jay Adams. He was a Christian psychologist. And you know what he did? He went down into the, uh, the uh, insane asylums or whatever, the, the mental hospitals. And he worked with people in mental hospitals and he, he, uh, he met with them, instead of trying to um, find out basically maybe psychology uh, issues, you know what he did? He got them to confess their sins of their childhood and hatred toward other people, and they dealt with problems in their life, and some of them got better just because they confessed and they got all that weight off their back and they got all that hatred out of their heart, and they began to realize, you know, they, I, I really did do wrong and all. And he had so much success in those meetings that some people were getting better, and, and, and that terrible weight of hatred and all that guilt and sin in their life uh, was, was taken away. It's amazing. And that's what happens. That's what happens. When you and I have that, that little word in our heart, nevertheless... I, I know I have the right to literally beat the stuffings out of this person. But nevertheless, right? I had a judge do that to me one time. I got in trouble. My buddy and I saw a man on a motorcycle drop a case of beer. It fell on the gr uh, ground and he took off. And my buddy and I stopped the car when I was 
I think this was just before I got saved or right after I got saved. We thought we'd help him out. By the way, kids, stay away from that stuff. So as we were helping him, we put the, uh, the beer in the back of my buddy's car, and right then, a police officer stopped us. Thank the Lord. And uh, he said, what are, you, what are you boys doing? I said, oh, nothing. He said, well, what's that in your hand? I, oh, nothing. He got out of the car, and he said, all right, all right, what's going on? And, uh, well, this guy was on a motorcycle, and he dropped it. And he goes, sure, sure. And so I had to go to court. And my dad worked down at the, the, uh, the Renton City Hall, and my dad took me to court. And he had to represent me because I was underage. And the police officer, God bless that police officer. Well, what happened was we went to court and rent in front of the judge. I don't even know what I was getting in trouble for. I guess it was picking it up and putting it in the car, maybe. And so anyway... My dad was a little embarrassed. He came in, and the judge was sitting there. And, uh, oh, man, I was scared to death. I thought I was going to have to go to jail uh, just for being a good Samaritan, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> So anyway, uh, my, my dad knew the judge, and the judge knew my dad because they worked in the same building. And uh, I, I realized when I wasn't going to get in trouble. He said, what would you do? And I told him the whole story. He said, sure, sure, right, yeah, okay. My dad was over here, and he was just shaking his head like, oh, man. And I was looking up at the judge, telling him the story. It was a true story. And he said, well, young man, don't you ever touch that stuff again. It's against the law for you to take that and put it in a car and go driving around it. It, it was against the law back then. Nevertheless... He said, nevertheless, when he said that, hallelujah, he knows my dad. <laughs> anyway, I didn't get in trouble. And I could have. You know, don't you like that word now, nevertheless? Wouldn't, wouldn't you like to have people use that in your life? Nevertheless. So it is true. But these, these folks, now, let's, re, let's remind ourselves that they did some terrible things. Look at verse 25. They... But they murmured, but murmured in their tents and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Look on with me down through that uh, psalm. It's, it's just tragic. You think, oh, that, they weren't all that bad. Wait till you hear what they did. Wait till you hear what these Israelites did. Look down with me. And uh, I want you to see verse number 28. They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor. That's Baal worship. They joined themselves to Baal worship. How many say God had a right to be upset? Uh, thus they provoked him, verse 29, to anger with their inventions. The plague break in upon them. Have you ever wondered why there's a worldwide plague going on now? I, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. But there it is right there. Sometime God did get upset, right? Is that right? Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague break in upon them. Maybe, maybe there's something to that. Then stood up Phineas and executed judgment, and so the plague was stayed. Look at verse 32. They angered him 
also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes. Boy, Moses didn't get to go to the promised land because the people were so upset. They provoked him, and Moses lost his temper. He lost control. He got angry, and instead of speaking to the rock, he smacked it, and he said, Must, must I fetch water out of this rock, ye rebels? Wham! And he smote it, and he disobeyed the Lord right in front of the whole crowd. He didn't get to go into the promised land. It's not all Moses' fault, by the way. It's not all his fault. You know what? There's, there's times when we can provoke one another. You know what's going on in Seattle right now? Provocation. You know the poor police. You got to pray for the police officers. They are provoked. It's like, yeah, they provoke him. They get in their face and they throw water at him. They tell him crazy, dirty names. And they dance around and and provoke him, and pretty soon the poor officer can't take it anymore, and he finally pushes somebody. Praise God. He should push him. If, I mean, you can't, nobody's made out of steel. My goodness. And then they say, the police officer's got the problem. No, they don't. It's that spirit of rebellion in the people, provoking those police officers, making them feel terrible, Listen, how would you like to have a job like that where all day long you're just hated all day and they curse at you and spit at you, throw water at you and throw bricks? They've got pallets of bricks, those people do, and they, they, they hide behind people and they throw the bricks at the police officers. They ought to go to jail for that. I don't mean just for a little while. They ought to be put in jail. Man, I wish I was governor. Would you vote for me? I'm not running, but would you just <laughs> You know, Heather's, Heather's dad. Remember James? James, your dad. I, I'm not, you, I know you remember James. But I, mean, I remember your dad, James. He, he wrote me in on a ballot for, I don't know, for senator or something. <laughs> I didn't get any votes, but I, I was so honored, man. James wrote me in. Yeah. Thank you, James. Come on back, man. But I'm not, I'm not running for office. I can't do all that. I, there's no way. But boy, would I ever change stuff. Oh, I'd change it. I'd change it. But you know, Moses, he was affected by the rebellion of the people. And it was hard on him. And yes, he didn't get to go to the promised land. No excuse, right? No excuse. But it wasn't all his fault. I'll tell you, these people... And uh, I, I, don't, I don't want you to hate the, the Israelites. I don't want you to get disgusted with them. I just want you and I to see that's what they did. And uh, God said, nevertheless. Amen? Nevertheless. We have a God that can say nevertheless anytime he wants to. Look at this, what they did. Verse number 35. Uh, or excuse me. Uh, Verse 34, they did not destroy the nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen, this is spiritual, and learned their works. Oh my goodness, we're supposed to be different than the world, aren't we? Amen? We're come out from among them and be ye separate. Look at verse 36, they served their idols, which were a snare unto them, Yea, now watch it. That's what I'm getting at right here. This is very, very serious. They sacrificed their sons 
and their daughters unto devils, and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Do you realize what they were doing? They were taking their boys and girls and they were killing them on fire. They were laying them on uh, beds and they were burning them through the fire and sacrificing them to these false idols, these, these false gods. I don't know how God did, I don't know how he put up with that. By the way, if you mistreat a child, you should be in jail. Come on now, really? Nevertheless, that's a part I, I still don't understand, but nevertheless, after all that, God's still God. Amen? Did you know God's not going to be angry forever? Did you know He's not going to judge and be uh, pouring out fire and brimstone on this world? We're not going to see God's anger for, for eternity and over and over and over again. He's going to wipe all that away from us, and yet there's going to be some place out wherever hell will be, wherever the lake of fire will be. Uh, God's going to go on with His people, and we're going to live in eternity with joy and gladness and singing in the city of Jerusalem and the country and the beautiful new heaven and the new earth. We're never going to know another thing. We're never going to have another argument. And God's going to cleanse this world from sin. Sin will be eradicated and destroyed. And Jesus will be our king. And he'll be on the throne of David. And we're going to, we're going to march around. And we're going to have a great time. We're going, to, we're going to be victorious over the devil one day. We're going to see him thrown into the bottomless pit. Then we're going to see him and cast into the lake of fire. And we're going to go on throughout eternity with the Lord. And listen, uh, he has every right to be upset. Nevertheless, nevertheless, he's still God. Now let's go down to verse number 41. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and uh, were uh, brought low for their iniquity. And then verse 44. I love this verse. Nevertheless. Would you circle that? Nevertheless. After all that they did. Look what God did. He regarded their affliction. And he heard their cry. He remembered for them his covenant. He remembered all his promises. Right? And he repented according to the multitude of his mercies. He made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the heathen to give thanks unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. And let all the people say, Amen. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. I don't know where you are tonight, but if you're like me, I'm not perfect, never have been perfect, probably never will be perfect until Jesus comes. Amen? Amen. Nevertheless, we're saved by the blood of Jesus. We're going to go to heaven. And tonight, I just hope that you would remember that name, remember that word, nevertheless. Now, one more verse and we're going to finish. 
Look at with me, please, in Galatians chapter number 2. This will be our last verse tonight. And I, I praise God and thank you for coming. Please don't forget that word. Nevertheless, no matter what, God's good anyway. And after all, oh, there's so many likenesses, those little phrases that you could put there. After all, anyway, even though, nevertheless. Look at Galatians 2, verse 20 now. It says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, I tell people this. When you fail, it's an event. doesn't make you a failure. You should never call somebody, well, you're a failure. No, you're not a failure. You may have an event of failing, but you are not a failure if you're a Christian. Is that right? God doesn't make failures. His children are not failures. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Let's bow our heads for prayer.